0: Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your host, John Bauer.
1: Looking to sell everybody price dependent.
0: Dan LaMagna.
1: Too much dysfunction in Cleveland.
0: And
2: Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Theory. A proud member of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast Network. I'm your host, John Bauer. You can find me on Twitter at the Bauer Club. And actually, Dan, we're wearing the same shirt right now. I like that. We didn't even call each other. We're twinning. joined we're joined yeah, twinning. We're joined by Dan LaMagna. That's at FF Coach Dan on Twitter. Dan, have you figured out the technical issues on your end?
0: Whew, man, I know there's some bad weather rolling through and it was like the the longest Mac reboot ever. I think I had a whole software update while, while restarting the computer, but I'm back. We're figured out. I apologize to anyone who's on a tight schedule tonight and we, we took away seven minutes of their life, but we are here for Dynasty Theory and... Uh, Stoked to go, gentlemen. Uh, You know, some good Zach Wilson and LaVisca Chennault news today. Positive reports from camp. I'm a little disturbed with the Kadarius Tony news a little bit. You know, he tripped and left practice, and it's like a mystery. So hopefully that works out okay, though.
1: Well, imagine that. Out out of the gates. I I predicted an early... No. (laughs)
2: We're also
1: joined by Mitch Swinson. That's at DinoMC on Twitter. What's up, Mitch?
2: I think J.K. Dobbins is the only news all of us should care about. He caught three balls in practice, which is more than he caught all of last
1: year. So I think it's a plus. I was going to make a joke like that, but I had to beat you. Of course, since we are running a few minutes behind, we're getting right into it tonight. And I am so excited for this episode, this topic. You know, we talk about theory. We talk about dynasty theory. That is the primary driver here on tonight's episode we're going to discuss some startup obstacles that people face challenges that we all encounter and then the you know the idea of trading back and we're going to get into that in a lot more detail here uh you know in the middle of the show but Mitch what we so I posed this to Twitter last week I said what is the biggest obstacle that you you know as a fantasy manager, as a dynasty manager, the biggest obstacle that you face during startups. And there were several, and I'll run through the list, but before I get through the list that people provided, what are you facing? What are you encountering here? You know, it's not your first rodeo, but we're still facing challenges. Every single startup we take part in.
2: Yeah, without a doubt. It's, I think I've done Probably six or seven startups at least so far this off season. I think John, you're up to what? Probably fifteen, I'd guess, close not, to. Not that many. Okay, Dan's at a, like four. He's he's doing pretty three somewhere around there, pretty good. But and it's true, we all go through it, and we've together we've probably done hundred and thirty startups over the last four years or however many it is. But every one is different. So you could come in, you could be like, you know what? This time, I want to start off with two elite quarterbacks. It's just what I want to do. Then you get the 109, and you'll be lucky if you get a single elite quarterback with how the this year's drafts are going. And so it's just being able to see what's going on the board and making your changes based off that. And I think it's something that everyone you do, the better you feel, But I think we're. I mentioned this to John about a week ago, I think we're always trying to relive that 2018 dynasty startup season, maybe 2017, when you could just trade and you could do everything and everybody wanted to trade up to get the elite guys. And now it's about the exact opposite with everybody trying to trade back.
1: And I was that person. I was the person, the draft that allowed everybody else to trade back because I was trading up, trading up. And I go back and look at my 2018 startups. Some of them, you know, it it took me a year or two to really rebound, but just like you said, and I didn't see this pop up with one of the biggest obstacles, but in Superflex, especially in tight end premium, when you start throwing in those additional wrinkles, every draft is so different. And you mentioned that, Mitch. And that is a big challenge because you cannot go in with a set strategy. Yes, I want to get my two stud quarterbacks in Superflex, but that's not always possible, depending on how the draft goes. Dan, what have you been seeing here in the few starts you've taken part in this offseason?
0: You know, I like Mitch's point. Uh, we we wish we'd go back a couple years, you know, where you could. You know, it's like everybody's caught up. It's like the dynasty world is just caught up with the strategy. Um, you know, a little bit what I see is just, you know, knowing your league mates. You know, we've done enough of these, like Mitch said, to be flexible. And that's an important thing I go flexible going into all of them. Um, you know, some of the challenges is we've really picked some competitive leagues by choice, you know, like deeper 14, 16 team leagues, and you're just kind of afraid to not want to misstep, you know, make that bad trade or, you know, you're trying to find that edge. And sometimes it's a little bit harder to find those edges in those competitive leagues. And then there's some leagues it's just, you know, Hey, you want to be active and you want to trade and teams aren't maybe as active as you like. So, you know, as far as specific things, I have some comments on like the, great show notes you put together, John. I think we could definitely help our listeners here a lot, but I think for just myself individually, I think I've just been programmed to be flexible and be prepared for no matter which way the draft has gone. And we've had some of them where it's like totally quarterback heavy and I'm taking guys like Sam Darnold way before I want to take Sam Darnold. So it all depends on the league.
1: So the answers that I got on that tweet and there was a lot of good feedback and I have 12 different answers that we were provided. So I'm going to run through these rather quickly. And then I want to bounce it over to one of you. Mitch, we'll start with you. Kind of what stands out to you and what something, and you can pick any of them, but maybe what's something to counter that or to really help people prepare for that challenge that they're facing. It, so Sorry. I was just going to pick one. you want me to just pick one? Oh yeah, just pick one. Okay. I don't, I don't want to rattle all So
2: the off. reason why I was going to pick this one, because I think it just hits on what we've been talking about. We've all been in a lot of startups, but I think most dynasty people might have been in three or four at this point, right? They're looking for the next itch. And so gauging fair value on trades involving only startup picks. I think it's something that the more experience you have, the easier and easier it gets to adjust to just look at a trade and go be like, that's close. Or look at a trade, and be like, no, that's really far off. So what I do, I know a lot of people on our Discord do is they use Dynasty Trade Calculator because they have um, a startup calculator to where you can just put in, hey, I'm trading the 106 for the 312 and a first and whatever. And that'll at least let you know that it's pretty close. And so I definitely recommend to everybody, especially if you're new. That calculator is so handy because so many people in the Dynasty community use it. And if you ever get a screenshot from someone being like, hey, this trade is close, I'd say 90% of the time it's going to
1: be not Dynasty trade calculator. It's certainly – and we've had episodes that we've talked about trade mm-hmm. calculators and how to use them to our advantage when somebody relies heavily on them. But it does provide a very good baseline. So just like Mitch said, if you are, you know, even if you're a seasoned vet, but especially if you're brand new and, uh, you know, I'm not really comfortable making trades just because I don't know the values, that's something that you can use as a tool tool to really help you navigate through your startup draft. It was um, the
0: I put that in my notes, JB, Did Mitch. It was probably the one time, like, I, I think I threw up in my mouth a little bit that I put trade calculator in my notes. Cause I hate those things. I hate when people send me, Hey, this is what the value is. It's like, I know what the value is, but it is great advice for when you are still getting your feel. Cause you've done three or four and you're, you're going against John Bauer who's done 15 in uh, the month of uh, June already. So there is merit in using that as a starting point. But then over time, just experience goes a long way. We talk about knowing the league rules and the scoring system. I think that's important as well. But yeah, this, this is the one time I'll give a, a kudos to the trade calculator.
1: And one thing that we've talked about, and I know other people have talked about it as well. Well, just try to think about the players that are going to be there. So if I trade the 110, if I trade, you know, pick whatever what player is going to be there? Well, if this is your first startup or second startup, you don't know what players are going to be there, especially in a super flex tight end premium league where the values start to go a little haywire. And like I said, every draft is different. So even if you've taken part in 50 startups, there's times I'm like, okay, there's no way this guy should be going there. He's too early. He's too late or vice versa. But that's the, fantastic part of the super flex startups and then packy in the chat jb always hounds always hounds me for the 15 dtc When i know damn well that man could afford himself so the reason that i ask that because so in our discord i always say hey who has the subscription to the calculator because i know for a fact there are certain league mates that rely on that heavily and if i can use that okay that calculator says it's close, there's a chance they might accept. Whereas if it doesn't say it's close, league mate A is never going to accept it. And I don't think Packy's
0: taken into account that John has to justify on the credit card statement to Mrs. Bauer <laughs> each month all the fantasy football things. So he's strategically, it's not about affording it, strategically making sure there's not too many fantasy football things on the, you know, the Bauer household budget there.
2: Of course, of course.
0: Yeah. Just so, the other
2: day, I was asked, what's this Roto thing on the credit card? I'm like, oh, that was just a reoccurring statement. Don't worry
1: about that. All right, so a few of things that people mentioned on that tweet, not one, not waiting for people to send offers, but be the aggressor. Trading back is the preferred strategy for everybody. And then somebody said similar strategies across the board. That's an obstacle. For analyst content creators, this is from Scott. People know what he's attempting to do. And if you provide any type of content and people consume it, that is going to be a disadvantage. So I can certainly understand that. I don't know. I will push back a little bit on that because I honestly think
2: the people that are in the dynasty community um, drafting against, let's just say I'm in the league, right? They probably think I'm better than him anyways. And so while I know what he's going to do, I'm going to do it my way because I'm already better than he is, right? I don't think one of us walks into a draft and being like, oh man, I really need to worry about what so-and-so is going to do. I'm pretty sure, I know I go into a draft, I'm like, look, I'm just going to draft the way that I like and we'll see how it goes. Paying very little attention to, oh hey, I know this guy said he really likes DeAndre Swift and so I'm going to try to get him first or I'm going to try to get him to
1: trade up for him. I'll just do my own thing at that point. I, I will agree to an extent, but let's say, and this is something Dan, two years ago, he was the guy that wanted to move up. And I knew if I had that one Oh one or one Oh two, Dan was my man and he certainly was willing to pay Dan. That's a fair statement. Correct? Correct. And it, I, I hear it in your voice. You're like, I don't want to say it, but correct, but it's not a knock on you but I knew that you were that guy willing to pay up. So I could use that to my advantage to an extent, Mitch, if you know somebody in your league always wants to trade back, trade back, trade back. Maybe that's a person that you can make a move with where you can trade up and not have to, you know, give them as much value just because you know, for a fact, they do want to move back. I mean, you're 100% right on that. There is the one guy that
2: was in a lot of our leagues and everybody would try to trade him first because he would always try to trade up, and whoever got that trade done got a haul for that pick. And
1: like everybody was just trying to hammer. It. So, to that case, you're right. But but yeah. specific but specific players, you know, that's obviously more difficult because, like you said, you're worried about what you're doing more so than hey, I can't let John get <laughs> Keyshawn Vaughn. I can't let it happen. You know, and I used to
0: feel that way. So when I read that comment, like, you know, I always have my guys and, you know, a couple of years ago, John, to your point, and and I still kind of employ the strategy. I'm just less aggressive with it now. Like I don't need to move up. If I could, I will, but it's got to make totally sense. A couple of years ago, I was over aggressive trying to get, get my guys. But what I often see too, is people will sometimes think they're your guys, but I've got so many guys and so do you guys. Like, like, there are so many guys that we are happy in tiers and ranges. And so, you know what? You take my guy, great. I'm just going to take the next guy on the board. Or sometimes it works to your advantage because they know I like a guy, and I do. But they take him a, maybe two rounds earlier than they should have. And it's like, have at it, buddy. You just hurt your roster because you took him two rounds too early. So, there, there's pros and cons there.
1: I'm really happy that you brought that up because one of the things here, and this wasn't provided on the list, but I know for a fact people think this way. And I've had people provide these comments and feedback when I'm offering trades, but people are not willing to move up or down without knowing who is there. So if we're in the second round and I'm looking ahead at the third, fourth round, and I'm trying to move back from the third, maybe, maybe Mitch says, you know what? We're in the second right now, John. I don't know who's going to be there. I don't want to make this deal. Whereas for me specifically, I do not care who I'm drafting. I don't care about the name. I, 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 you know, I, I, overall, I don't. So I'm willing to move those picks three, four, five rounds in advance because I really don't care. I have my tiers. It could be player one or player five within that tier. It doesn't matter to me. Now, I'm not saying I'm not, you know, I'm I'm looking for value, essentially. That's what I'm doing there. Mitch, you agree with that, I think. Yeah, without a doubt. But so I kind of ran into that issue in a draft that I'm currently in.
2: Like I wanted to trade up and get two elite quarterbacks. I wasn't able to do that because the only pick I could trade up for was the 110, which is, you know, at the back end of the first round, the quarterbacks I want aren't there. And so I did have to say, I'm like, you know, Hey, I can't do this trade right now because I need to make sure a quarterback is there because there's no one at that point that I really wanted to trade up for if it wasn't one of those top seven or eight quarterbacks. And they all went, you know, top eight. I think and, one other, oh, go ahead. One
0: other thing to think about too, when we had just a few teams, you know, so we talk about me being aggressive a couple of years ago. Like I had to have Amari Cooper a few years ago. Okay. New cowboy had to have him, And I was with this mindset. Like I just had to have him on my team, but now we've got so many teams that it's, it's about roster construction. It's about building rosters different ways. It's employing different strategies. So maybe to someone new or just that has a couple of teams, I'd say, hey, unless you are really firm that you're only going to have one or two teams, don't panic because you're going to have more rosters. You could get them in a different draft. I saw Salazar talking about being happy about a a best ball. You know, I've been doing a bunch of those best ball drafts too. And I I took a team with zero Cowboys on it the other day and I love the team, couldn't believe it. So I think as we expand and get more teams, You get less needy to have to get a certain guy.
1: What was that B word that you used?
0: I know I'm cheating on you again, John. I apologize.
1: Best ball. Am I pronouncing that correctly? (laughs) Is that a different language? I'm not sure. Uh, Mitch, I want your opinion on this one. Once the draft gets going, trying to make trades in the middle round. So like the six was the Mm -hmm. example provided. And I have a specific example and then I want to let you you know share your thoughts and if you see this so let's say I draft Christian McCaffrey in the first round and I'll stray away from this specific example and I'll go to the fourth round and I see Nick Chubb is available in the fourth round and I offer Mitch you're on the clock I offer McCaffrey for 405 your fifth and seventh and Nick Chubb is there that's probably not going to get accepted because I have attempted moves like that so many times, or if I took a quarterback early and quarterbacks are dropping, I attempt to move Justin Herbert for a fourth, fifth and seventh. And before the draft, you're like, no, I wouldn't move a first for a fourth, fifth and seventh. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I, I honestly
2: think those ones where you're trying to move a player that you've already drafted for other picks lower in the draft, those ones are hard to get done, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think it's you probably have a 5% hit rate on those. And I think it's just because people are like, well, if I wanted him, I would have traded up in the first place. That's just how I see it. But how I attack like the sixth, seventh, and eighth round, it depends on how many teams are in the league, of course. I always offer my tw- my future first for one of those picks, whether it's a sixth or a seventh. And I always base it on the rookies that are available that are still available mm-hmm. in the draft. So if rookies are included and I see someone like Devonte Smith, who's like a 108, 109 pick in rookie drafts right now, if he's still on the board in a startup and I could send my future first and pretty much get that first this year for it, for a player I really like, that's something I try to do when every single draft. Sometimes it doesn't happen because people are like, well, no, Devonte Smith's still there. I'm going to pick him but that's something that I will continue to do because
1: I would say I probably half the leagues I'm able to get it done in. You do a very good job. And you've been talking about that uh, method strategy for at least the last year, looking to move your first and seeing where the current first round picks are. But let me ask you guys. So a big thing that people, you know, hey, I don't want to move my future first because I don't know where the value is, especially if the draft hasn't started yet. What I'm seeing it's and this is super flex tight end premium. So if you're in a one quarterback league, if you're a non tight end premium, it's going to be adjusted because the tight ends and the quarterbacks are pushing everything back. I'm seeing middle of the seventh. That's my my point there. And, uh, we have a comment in the chat. I did that with Nikhil Harry and regret it big time. That's one example though, but overall, I think that the philosophy still stands, but okay. So back to it, I, for me, tight end premium, super flex middle of the seventh is where I'm buying. I would sell beginning of the eighth. Do you guys, and this is 12 teams, Dan, yeah. Any, any thoughts there? I mean
0: I mean it depends who's on the board, you know, and to, to Mitch's point, no, I No, it's it's
1: the it's first round still. <laughs> you don't know who's on the board. So are we going back to that obstacle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to make the move because you don't know who's there.
0: It's a good point. It's a good point. I'm probably more of a waiter in that, that regards. Okay. I, I like to know who's, you know, what tiers, what I'm looking at. And there's, to, there's be,
1: nothing wrong with that, by the way,
0: just to be able to project a little bit, um, you know, I'm probably a little bit more on the waiter side, but, but I do go back to Mitch's comment of trading that first. And I'm very aggressive in trading the first and seeing, Hey, if I, if I could get a Devonte Smith who I'm high on this year, or if I'm high on a Jalen Waddle or someone in that tier, even to Salazar's point of Keneal, if Keneal Harry, if that's the guy I want, and I can get him, yeah, I was struggling with that first name there. It's been a while, you know. He, he's kind of off my charts there. It was a big bust, but yeah, we but this, try
1: not to think about Nikhil Harry too much these days.
0: But but to the point of that play, player comp, there's no guarantees we're going to score with Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle. I mean, we always know one of these receivers is, is a good chance they're going to bust. But th- that's the gamble you take. You got to have conviction. You got to go with your beliefs. I went into this year's draft with rookies that I knew I wanted and. If I thought I could score him, that, that number one's getting sent and packing.
1: But Mitch, correct me if I'm wrong. You're not saying move that pick specifically <clears> for that rookie. <throat> You're just seeing where those rookies are lining up. So maybe that first is Mike Evans. Yeah, it's, it's just the value. I
2: know that that value is there. If Devontae Smith's on the board, then I know that first that I'm trading for next year is properly valued in that spot. And probably a little bit. If I consider myself a contender and I could get someone that I feel very good about, then I'm looking at that as a late first. I know people hate doing that, but I will say that I traded 25%. It was almost exactly 25% of my first this past year. And every single league I traded my first in, I made playoffs.
1: And so, no,
2: I'm just saying that. (laughs) Okay. So let's just take a quick side point, right? Just because you said that, right? I don't, I don't like to take tangents on this show. I know, I know. But we're <laughs> going to take one anyways because it's my favorite thing to do. I know. I but, got Mitch
0: fired up tonight. I'm surprised Mitch's hat's not coming off here. All right. So,
2: but it's, if you're trading your first, you should expect that your team's going to be better because you are picking up an extra player in the top 80 picks, probably top 85. And so if you're getting an extra player in there and you don't get a bad run of injury luck, which could happen to any team, then i think it's a move to make if you're feeling good about your team the first 5 rounds i mean you have a pretty good idea you're like you know what i really like this team i got quarterbacks i feel good in and so then you're immediately helping your team out and you're making another team worse because there's going to be another team that is not getting that top 85 player so all of a sudden you're taking one more person out of contention
0: and, 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 and at- sorry jb mitch is locked in tonight man he he must have been like uh, in my psyche here or something and and i and, and, for our listeners, John Bauer's show notes tonight are like exquisite. I, I can't I gotta say these are like Matthew Barry level show notes here, man. like he gave me some homework. I but
1: actually so- I, I sent an email to the Louvre, the museum. What is that in Paris? <laughs> and I said, if you want these show notes to hang up, i'll I'll make a donation. I'm not looking for anything in return.
0: You may have done that tonight cuz I could tell how excited you were all day. Like it put pressure on me to actually make sure I read these notes thoroughly and do some homework. And I'm going into my my startups and I'm I tried mapping out my trades and my god, that looked like a murder scene like where you connect all the dots on a map in one of those movies we watch. But to Mitch's point, I went back, looked at my startups and I traded my first in every league with that mindset of knowing I now have an advantage over probably half the teams in this league because I made my roster that much better. Now, what I liked where I wasn't over aggressive in past years was the one league, I traded my first, and then later on traded and got a first, and then traded that first again in the draft. So I actually traded two firsts in one draft, which was kind of fun. Um, but every startup I did this year, I did trade my first for that edge.
1: And we have a few comments in the chat, Owen, saying – that that threshold right there at the beginning of the 8th is where he would have started to uh, acquire the pick as opposed, the future pick, as opposed to the startup pick. And then Bill from Fantasy Timeline talked about this yesterday. He says, right around the 8th is where I'm not moving a first. And, you know, it's nice to see several people in here lining up um, with their overall beliefs on where those future firsts lie. Last one before we get into... I think the most interesting part of the show, but this was a really, and this was a, it was uh, sent to me via DM. But if you can't trade down, you can't trade up, you have a very stagnant draft. And I've had a few of these where it's like a redraft league in terms of, okay, I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick. How do you differentiate yourself from the other teams? And for me personally, this is my biggest challenge because I believe for me, a lot of my value and any advantage I may have comes from the startup itself because I believe that I can navigate through the startup fairly well. But if we're just picking with no trades, it it really is hard to get an edge over that 12.5% win rate. It really or eight eight and a half percent. I'm thinking 12 teams, eight and a half percent win rate. But Mitch, what are your thoughts on that? Because maybe there's something you've been able to do or something you've seen that you've been able to counter those drafts that nobody's making a move. I hate to say it, but it does come down to you just have to draft better. But what I'm saying
2: that is, let's say you don't see a trade in the first round, second round, right? So you're already seeing that nothing's going to happen. That's when I want to hit my stacks. That's when I'm like, okay, I have... I start to turning into more of a DFS best ball kind of play, because then I know I'm going to have to hit better than what other people hit at. So if I get Justin Herbert in the first round, I want Keenan Allen. And I just want to give myself that much more advantage over everybody else. Because if it's going just like a normal redraft where no trades are going, you're just going to have to draft the better team because waivers and dynasty, I mean, there might be four or five guys total all year that are really worth picking up that are going to win you games in your leagues. And so that's when, like I was saying, I just turned it into give me the correlated plays that I know work. But I mean, most of that's because Dan's taught me in
1: DFS so much that I kind of know how to, how to play off that. Dan, let me ask you if you see there is no movement in the early stages of your draft and Mitch, you were spot on. I think If it, if it's not in the first, at least by the end of round two, you know how your league is. You can see, you can get an idea. Hey, there's not going to be much activity here. So Dan, up to that point, no trades take place. Is there anything you do differently? Hey, there's a lot of trades. I can kind of maneuver, navigate. Maybe I look to go a little younger, but if there's no trades, maybe I look to win now and I go more of that veteran presence or does that not play a role there in the way you look at it?
0: Probably all of the above. And by the way, just side note again, I'm really liking Mitchell tonight, man. Like he's just, you know, like I just said, you just got to be better at that point. And we pick some startups. And don't worry, John, I compliment you. You're this buddy. Your show notes were just exquisite. Let me go back. No, to it's that. it's fine. You <laughs> two have your bromance every week, and you
1: gang up on me. <laughs>
0: it, it depends was- on the week, man. It depends on the week. But tonight, tonight, Mitch is just we're, we're thinking alike there because. That was the first place my mind went is when when the leagues aren't that active and some of the startups I picked this offseason were the 14, 16 team leagues because I felt my studying was so far ahead of many other teams that when we get to the point where it's like 16th round, 20th round, people start complaining. I'm like, oh, man, this is just starting to be fun. Like like, uh, that's how like deep I I felt the draft is. And then the other part is just my sickness. Like I'm looking for every edge I can. I always tell you guys, I look for something to go home and tell mom about in a trade. If I could just bump up a couple spots, if I could get a little bit of fab, I am looking to get every ounce of an advantage over the opponent that I could get. And it's just, uh, my mind's just warped that way. And, and JB to specifically answer your question though, to not just be OCD and like just crazy minded. I do build a roster around those guys that I think are going to have value to trade later. I like to get those dynasty friendly rookies and younger guys. I don't want those OGs on my team that I'm just good. They're going to get stuck on my roster. So it may not be trade active now, but I know it will be at some point.
1: And that's a good point because you don't want your roster to essentially die out sooner rather than later and be stuck in a league that you might not be able to get many moves done. Now, a lot of the comments that we got here revolved around trading and the lack of confidence and the values and every analyst content creator dynasty podcast. And we've done it ourselves and it irritates me to think that we fell into this group, but we did for startup strategy. Hey, just trade back, just trade back. Okay. Well, you didn't provide me any context. What? Do you, what's a good trade. I've never done a startup. What do you mean trade back? And we, I, I know for a fact, I, I've replied to people's tweets. Hey, it's my first startup, which I do. I'll look to trade back. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, John. You did. So what we want to do here, I pulled specific trades from the earlier end of startup. So first, second, third, even slipping into the fourth round, but to give specific trades that went through and looking at them. And who really benefited, at least in our minds, was it the person trading back or the person trading up? And is it a type of deal that we would look to make ourselves? And some of these, coincidentally, they were my trade. So I, the one I'm looking back on it and I'm like, JB, maybe what the heck were you doing there, buddy? But for the most part, I think they were okay. So the first one, and I should have put something together. And I apologize if you're watching live on YouTube or back on the Dynasty Theory Fantasy Football Confidential YouTube channel, both under one umbrella, little plug there. But 105 for the 311, the 402, and a 2022 first. And in parentheses here, guys, I said, good luck getting this done in most leagues because that is the Mm -mm. 2018-2019 godfather type offer. I think back then you could have done a second, fourth, and first, But now, 311, 402, and 2022 first. Before we get into the names of the players taken there, Mitch, what are your thoughts on that overall trade? Is that something you would love to do from the 105? Maybe you want to be a little bit later. What are your overall thoughts? I will say right now, if we're talking
2: about startups in the summer, I would actually rather have the 105. Just because I know how quarterbacks are leaving. I know the quarterback names that you are going to bring up those quarterbacks aren't going to be available. So you're going to bring up the names. Everybody's going to be like, well, of course you take those picks. But right now, knowing how it's going, like I was saying, I want one of those top super flex quarterbacks right now. I don't want to go into the season if I have to with like Danny Dimes and Darnold. I mean, I have a few teams like that because I couldn't just train back. And like, I kind of feel okay about those teams, but I know... That other teams already have a huge advantage in the quarterback position than I do.
0: I recant okay. my statement. I, I like Mitchell again because I agree with what he just said, but I recant my statements because I do have a, a Danny Dimes Darnold roster, and now I feel terrible about it. Thanks, Mitch. So I don't like Sorry, Mitch man. anymore. I take. Well, it-, it can't be worse
1: than your Dalton Cam Newton roster. But Mitch, so I had to get that in there, Mitch. <sighs> at what point? So again, providing context to somebody that's. It's they're brand new to Dynasty mm-hmm. or they, they've taken part in stars, but they haven't made many moves because they weren't confident in what direction they should go. At what point for you does that 105 have to be moved to 110, 11, 12? Are we talking then? I'm talking like 107, 108.
2: Yeah. Once okay. I get past okay. the DAC, um, I mean Murray, those kind of guys, that's when
1: I'll be more looking to trade. All right. So this specific trade, it ended up being, and these are all recent startups. These aren't Mm -hmm. startups that took place, you know, many moons ago. It was Kyler for Trey Lance, Justin Fields in a 2022 first. Mm. So what I want to do in even more recent startup, I'm going to throw different names out there. So Dan, would you do this trade? Would you trade away in the startup? So again, just the picks, but these are the players, Kyler Murray. For Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Matthew Stafford, and a 2022 first, I'm still on that package side all day.
0: It's in that same boat of, you know, if I'm drafting, not knowing who those guys are, and and that's the key, JB, not knowing who those guys are, I want the 105, up to 107. I want that franchise quarterback, and I'm going to build around it. I think Lance Fields in a first fell in your lap in that league. Kudos. Uh, it,
1: It wasn't me personally.
0: Okay. I, but, I wish I
1: wish you were. I wish you were.
0: <laughs> that, that 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 turned out really well. It did. Um and then me, if you look at, you know, Lair, Stafford, I just if if my roster, I'm going to believe in my draft ability and if for some reason my team doesn't work out, I'm going to unload Kyler later and try to get some kind of nice package like that, but I wouldn't do
1: it out of the gate. See, But it, it goes to what Mitch said earlier, which is a great point. And it happens in rookie drafts too. But once a player is drafted, people, I think people just want to hit draft. They want to get their phone. They want to hit that draft button because once that player is selected, they do lose a little bit of perceived value. And it's crazy to think 105 in most situations is more valuable, not rookie 105, startup 105 than that name, Kyler Murray, because you're not going to get. C.E.H. Stafford in a 2022 first for Kyler. I I don't think you are. I, you know, other names in that area. uh, Jalen Hurts, D.J. Moore, Hopkins. kind of the
2: difference in like startup values and established league values though, Absolutely. Like there always is that huge difference, but I want to, you have a ton of trades on here, but the problem I've had is I haven't been able to trade back a lot. So honestly, I've done a lot to where I haven't traded back at all. So I wanted to show some teams like to where where I didn't trade, kind of how the team ended up and how it goes. Let's say you're brand new and you haven't done one and you're kind of scared to trade back. And you're like, well, everyone says I have to trade back. My team's going to suck if I don't trade back. So, so do, you, do you have a specific team that you have? I, ha- I only have like a cu- couple of the top players, but I'm going to just kind of mention. So at the 107, I didn't trade at all. I got CMC. Kittle, Dobbins, Andrews, and I still have Tannehill, and then this is where I got the Darnold and Danny Dimes. But I have Tannehill too, so I feel okay with that team because I have three, three starting quarterbacks, and two good running backs I like, and two tight ends. And all my
1: leagues are tight end premium, so and, and that's the two PPR to yeah. add additional context. Yeah. and again, you don't have to trade if you don't feel comfortable. This isn't saying oh, you're a terrible dynasty manager if you don't trade. And part of it for me, it's just the the fun and you know, uh, no, no, no. offers going back and forth, and it just adds a little bit more entertainment value for me personally. But if you want to just sit there and draft, and even the way I said that, it kind of had a negative connotation. But there really is no problem with that.
2: Honestly, but, when someone is brand new, it's their first one, I tell them not to trade. I'm like, you're not going to understand values. There's going to be someone that understands values better than you. So your first one, I say just get through it, draft your 28 players, and then get an idea because you're going to see a whole draft's worth of trades. And that's an experience in itself to see how other people
1: are trying to move around. All right, Dan, now we're going to the second round. And this was one of my trades. And based on the conversations, if you listen to Dynasty Theory, you know I'm the one that traded back here. And... It was 210 for 511. So I went back a few rounds, 602 and a 2022 second. And again, last year, two years ago, three years ago, that's a trade I probably like. I'm going to want more for that 210. But with the way I've seen drafts going in Super Flex and tight end premium, this was a trade that I felt comfortable with. So Dan, let me have it. Yeah.
0: I put like a meh in my notes there, you know, the MEH. I was like, eh. Again, I like that 210. I I put that I'd want more than the 210. I think I stand by that going in. You know, 2022 was a first, or maybe if that fifth was bumped up to a, I don't know, a late third, early fourth. Um, But, I mean, I thought the trade worked out okay. Um, But I would still rather the guy that was taken at 210 than the other than what you got, but I, I could see the argument. I, I could definitely see the argument, and I, I, I love the I love the quarterback he got in the deal long term. But so
2: before Sorry, I turn, it over, I'm gonna just agree with Dan real quick and let you explain your thought process with this trade.
1: How, how deep's the league here, John? Are you able to add that? I didn't so, know that going in. Just to make it standard across the board, these okay. all are 12-team super flex leagues. And two PPR for tight ends. So I didn't want to mix and match. Hey, this is 14. This is 16. All 12 team leagues across the board. And I'm I'm feeling a lot of negativity here. A lot of JB, what are you doing? So I, again, I think about the players in that range. And for me personally, and I, I agree with Mitch, once you get outside of the, the top couple tiers of quarterbacks, I am very comfortable with the quarterbacks I have seen going in the fourth and fifth rounds. And it just so happens that I was able to land and not necessarily my top choice for rookie, but Zach Wilson at that six Oh two, which I, I, when I made the trade, I did not not think I was going to get a Zach Wilson there. So it's not like, Oh, I knew this was going to happen, but then I got Javante at five eleven, and I got the 2022 second. There was a lot of unknown there, but for sheer value, With the way I look at the wide receiver position, Mitch, you're with me too. The pick at 210 was ultimately Tyree Kill. But if it was DeAndre Swift, if it was uh, J.K. Dobbins, I'm still okay with that move. And that's a move I'd be willing to make even with the players assigned already.
0: I think it's the unknown before and after that bothers me about the trade. Whether it's before knowing who the players are or now after, like if you like if you score on Zach Wilson and Javante Williams, you're you're going to look like a genius later on. Like that that was a really good move, JB. But Tyreek Hill probably for the rest of his career is going to have an outstanding career year in year out, except for that might be a couple outlier years where there's an injury or something. So it's just that unknown. I'd rather the certainty.
1: What if it was? And I'm just pulling names here in this range, Mitch. What if I took Jalen Hurts? Who actually slipped to the the fifth in one of these drafts? Terry McLaurin, and then that second. Does, is that a little bit different for you? Or are you it, still going? It was Tyree? Jalen
2: Hurts right now? Yeah, just because of Jalen Hurts' value. But what I will say is, this is kind of where I used to be one hundred percent on John's side when it comes to you trade back, you get multiple assets. To where Dan's always been like, no, you want your studs. And I've slowly, as we've known through when we were doing our Dynasty Theory team breakdowns for the Patreon, John, you've been big on consolidating. If I'm remembering the word
1: right. No, no, no. I always want to split up assets. Split up assets. That's right. I said it at least once a breakdown. Well, let's think about splitting up this asset. And that's how I used to be too.
2: But now I've noticed that so many teams with the higher end skill position guys because I'm always like, well, if that guy gets injured, then you're in a lot of trouble. But I've noticed so many teams that just trade that player and get someone else, and they don't lose a beat going into the playoffs. You know, so TJ, who's in our Discord, worked this out perfectly and he crushed in the playoffs because he was able to trade a certain running back for any other running back, and he ended up winning quite a bit of money
1: because of that. And so, yeah, he, he, he this is me venting. I know TJ's listening. Yep. If, you know, he, he rolls into every league with, I don't even know if it's 10 players at times and they'll just <laughs> miraculously stay healthy, unscathed. Only TJ puts that, that magic touch there. Not that I want his players to get injured. That probably came out a little bit wrong, but I certainly don't want him to win the leagues that I'm in with him.
0: Yeah. yeah I think it was like TJ who like traded McCaffrey who you know he would never trade, but I, I forget what the scenario was like. He was off or no, he was injured. He was injured, but he had him. Traded him, got Kamara. Kamara scores six touchdowns. TJ blows me out, wins the league. You know, my team was undefeated going into that week. Like, my best roster I have. So, TJ definitely has that magic. So, I'm enjoying this, you know, vent on TJ session here. But I think, like, if you said, you mentioned McLaurin, JB, you're getting a guy that has the potential of being that upside one. So, that attracts me a little bit more. Hurts, I have in a kind of category with Zach Wilson of still a gamble, uncertainty, and you know, upside but risk. But I think when you have a guy like Tyree Hill or that elite wide receiver, it's like always having money in the bank. And I think if you always have money in the bank, you could always get something when you need it.
1: Yeah. And again, this goes back to the the obstacles that people face. Well, I don't know who's going to be there. I don't want to make the move. And like I said, and I stand by it, I don't care who that player is. I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm about the value, especially in startup, because the way I navigate through it, I feel like that's where I pick up. The value and gain any edge so looking at that again not thinking about the player specifically but Mitch, where let's say you have 210 where are you looking how far back is 511 a little too far back for you or what pick would you move for the package that i acquired so
2: if i'm moving off that i would want the future first with it like I would want to first, if I'm moving off that high end player, I want to make sure that, Hey, I have this other asset. I'm going to be able to trade throughout the off season. And if I could get, it's tough because I can look at it and be like, well, those players are really good. So knowing the results makes it a little bit different. Uh, right. But right. if I could go from like a second to a late fourth and a first, like I would love that. I think that would be something I would be really, really happy with. So, so late seconding, you you're looking at two ten.
1: Move that for like four 12. I'd even be okay with that. Yeah. Okay. And then the future first. So again, mm-hmm. just providing some context, that's something you're okay with. And I would be, I mean, honestly, I would be okay with that too, because I think the first makes up the difference. Um, and then jumping up the full round. And then ideally, I would look to move that fourth once I got it. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> as far back to the sixth, probably. And I've watched yeah, you do awesome. that.
0: I've watched, like, like dominoes, you just keep moving and moving until you get yourself, you know, you keep adding up that value and compounding it. And, and I think that's a good strategy. And, and I, th- I think I have two points. I think, you know, you're asking Mitch, you know, wh- where does he go for, you know, Mitch is saying, you know, late fourth. I think that's the importance too of all of our rankings, you know, having those rankings, looking at a quality ADP and saying, okay, hey, if I trade in the fourth who or the fifth, who is following me, following to me, Who? how comfortable I am with that. And I think the other point for our listeners are there are more than one way to win a league. You know, I talked a little bit about percent. that in my, my process with Coach's Corner. Mm-hmm. I've seen all three of us win leagues. I've seen our listeners win leagues. The important thing is just having a strategy, you know, learn a little bit from all three of us and and, and make it
1: your own. There are leagues, and as much as I say I fade the highest and wide receivers and get those wide receiver 12 to 18 guys But there are leagues that because of the way it went, I do have those high end wide receiver assets and I've had success. There are leagues that I've went quarterback heavy and had success running back early, tight end premium, targeting them. So just like Dan said, we have all found success in various ways, you know, uh, accumulating those future first and then pivoting off of them. As the season approaches, or once somebody's out of contention, you know, uh, going veterans early and then pivoting off of them once we find we're out of contention and get those future picks and then uh, have success in year two. But there are so many ways to win in Dynasty, and it kind of grinds my gears whenever people talk in absolutes. And I, I'm guilty of it at times, too. I, I know I am. Somebody will ask a question, oh, it's absolutely this. B.S. Yes, it's not absolutely anything. So I try to keep my myself in check there. Uh, this episode, I could talk for days. Sweet I'm up. not. I, I <laughs> Your am show so, notes say it all there, buddy. I am so jacked we're 47 minutes in and i hope our enthusiasm i think it does it oozes through the the earbuds whenever people listen but now we got to rattle through some of these quickly because i can't shut up so real so mitch you provided the context of where you would like to go there we talked about that first trade this one 101 so people want a king's ransom 101 plus 812 for 111 plus 202. And with the players picked, I actually could see it going either way here. But Mitch? I'd
2: much rather have the 101. Like, it's that's not remotely close enough for me to move Mahomes.
1: This, I, this, is it because I the players? Picked? With you tonight. Wait, no. is it because of the players picked, though?
2: No. Anyone there that's at the 112, 201, there's no two players there that I would want to trade for Mahomes in a startup, in a fresh, brand new league.
1: Oh really? Disagree disagree, disagree, disagree. I disagree with that too. Where's the challenge flag? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so 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 you're t- right now. You forget about the A12. Yep. You have the 101. Mm-hmm. You get offered 111 and 202. You reject it. Yep. Dan, can you pass that challenge flag to me, please? We got. I got like I, order I one of the send them to you. Like, like I, I could
0: throw it through the screen and then you could catch one. That'd be cool. But. No, my thing here is that dip from 202 to 812 is gigantuan. I like this trade before Did you just make up a word. I might no, I think is a word. Well yeah, look we'll look that up after it. the show. Yeah. Maybe I could ask Siri. Hold on here. Let's see here.
2: <laughs> oh, all right, Mitch Siri,
0: is gigantuan a word?
2: All right. All right. So, anyways, while we're figuring out on Siri. So the reason why is because of how the 101 pick goes, right? How the next round set up after that. You pick at 101, you have a great chance of getting Dobbins or Swift at that 212. You also, you used to be able to have a good chance of getting pits, but now you're looking more at a Waller type of player. And I just think that you could build such a good team and have Mahomes, if you have the 101, that in order for me to trade him it would have to be a unreal deal
1: for me to do it so you wouldn't trade that 101 mahomes we all know mm-hmm. it's going to be mahomes for Saquon and russell wilson no but i'm saying this what's in, a, what's in that beer you're drinking tonight because it's got to be something magical no I'm, <laughs> mahomes has such a value right now that
2: every single person in the league wants Mahomes. There isn't one person that's going to be like, "I don't want Mahomes." There's people who don't want Barkley on their team. I personally don't want Russell Wilson on my team. And so, yeah, I would much rather have Mahomes. I have no idea what Dan's doing over there.
1: Dan, stop doing that because you're making you're. Uh, we're picking up noise on that mic.
0: I put it on mute and then it was just trying. That's to just a hot keep the mic challenge. over there. I was gonna to try to have the challenge flag permanently mounted to this this uh, mic here for Mitchell right now because this trade netted Jonathan Taylor and Justin Jefferson. Same as Mahomes, everyone and their mom wants Jonathan Taylor and Justin Jefferson in leagues too. So you got two elite players for one and a potential good Irv Smith. I mean, I'm taking JT and Justin Jefferson all day, and I am gonna find my quarterback later and Tua or whoever. Okay.
2: So, yeah, exactly. So, you're gonna have two at quarterback who will maybe be a top 12 quarterback I believe. this year, right? Well, let's just say is I think that would be a very good ceiling for him being a top 12 fantasy quarterback this year.
1: But what but you, but you also have the two twelve that you could target a quarterback, and that's not going to be Tua. No, it might be Tannehill at this point. Hey, you watch yourself <laughs> when you talk about Ryan Tannehill, please.
2: Thank you. But it's like it's going to be that tier, the tier of Tannehill, Wentz, just Rodgers. I mean, those are the guys that are going
1: in that situation right now. Kyler Murray, and this is from Owen. Kyler Murray and Antonio Gibson are Mahomes in the first, and this was dropped in the Discord, and I mm-hmm. actually, in nice that job. one, I did pick the Mahomes side. Hmm. Yep. That's and a first. Yeah, that, that's not. that. First
0: will be better than Gibson, and Mahomes will always be better than Kyler.
1: So let me ask you, because we do have to move on here again. This could be a 10-hour extravaganza. I know, I know. Look at your watch. 102, is there any question you would move 102? I
2: would do 102, yeah.
1: So 102 plus 811, even though I I don't think you're getting 111 and 202, just because you are right that people are willing to pay that price. I I mean, if I would certainly move 102 for the pair, I, I think. I'm just happy
2: Bill in the chat agrees with me. That's really all that I care about.
1: Actually, you are getting some support here tonight, and it's rare. Bill, uh, who else says? Packy's also calling you crazy, though. Uh, Packy says you're crazy. Okay, Uh, (laughs) 111 and 1501, so for 210 and 703. So if you have that 111, that's a trade. 210 plus 703 or 210 plus a future first. Yeah, that one I would do. That I would the, do that
2: one easily. Yep.
1: So that is the exact type of trade I'd be looking to make. And I think value-wise, that's probably right there, but you're going to like the way I feel like I'm in a men's warehouse commercial. You're going to like the way your team looks. I guarantee it. <laughs> all right.
0: I, I don't like trading back, but they're the type of trades where I like to trade back. I, you, I don't like that 15 to seven, that seven to 15 dip. So I'll take that two into seven all day.
1: And depending on the draft, there's going to be potentially very minimal difference between that player taken at 111 and that player taken at 210, depending mm-hmm. on the draft, depending on the managers in there. And heck, that's seen- a very good point that you just made. Going back to the previous trade, that 111
2: isn't a huge difference from the 21- 212 that the Mahomes owner would have had. Just saying you're not picking up that much there. You'd have Mahomes
1: on your team still. Did I just? Did I just get got? I got got All a little right. bit maybe. All right, I, I like the way Mitch turned that on me, man. You son of a gun. All right, Dan, three hundred one, five hundred one, or one ten, seven ten.
0: I could build either way, John, but I would prefer the
1: one ten and seven ten. That one again. We're falling. Uh, uh, those players in that seventh round, there is some gold there. Mm-hmm. I really believe so. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm willing, and we talked about it, to move my future first for a player in the seventh. Cause I do believe there is that teardrop and that break once you start to head into the eighth in most leagues. But for me, this is one that I feel very comfortable trading up because that 710, 501, yeah, it's almost a three round difference, but. I still feel really good about a player I can get at seven ten. That seventh round has such good wide
2: receivers in it. And it's wide receivers that are gonna end up costing you a future first if you try to trade for them. Yep. So being able to move up into that seventh or even the early eighth, I love the wide receivers that are going in those rounds.
1: In the seventh, I've done I've maneuvered around drafts and I've picked up a lot of sixth and seventh round picks and Dan, you're very pleased to hear. I picked up a lot of Amari Cooper in that seventh round. Mm-hmm. Mike Evans, I mentioned his name. I've earlier. seen Godwin going in the sixth. Yeah. Chris Godwin uh, slipping just because a lot of people, they are looking at it. Hey, wide receivers, it's so deep. They are fairly replaceable when you look at it from a weekly point per game standpoint. Deontay Johnson, he's another mm-hmm. one. Seventh round, early eighth. Uh, Juju, he slipped to the ninth in several rounds. And I know there's a lot of, there's that stigma around Juju, but uh, anyway, we don't want to, you know, get too caught up here. Uh la, la 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 103 and 1010 or 202 and 602. I want the 202 there. Yeah, that's same. Dan, are you okay saying that? Agreed. So, what we have talked about trying to provide some of that context between hey, move back, but trying to to point to different breaks within the draft. And I wish there was a blanket statement we could provide. Uh, Hey, every league, you're going to want to move from here to here, you know, first for this or second for this. But there is that difference, as you saw from responses earlier, 105 and 107. That could be greatly different based on the way the draft is going, where you see these quarterbacks going, you know, Dak at 105 or, you know, quarterback seven at 107. But there are a lot of different routes you can go. And again, no right way necessarily. But if you have any questions, if you're in a startup, DM any of us. Hey, really quick. We're in the third round. This is a trade that I have involving startup picks. We'll get one of us. We'll get back to you.
0: Yep, we've often helped out in trades and we're always glad to. And I got to say, we like survived this episode tonight because I like John, I would love to be inside your brain right now. Like, you're talking about all these different routes. Like, I see these plays in your mind, and your show notes look like that the gif of that guy with all the a- algorithms above him. Like, that's totally you tonight, today.
1: Bro. I cut out a little bit of this, man. I should do like Quite an a after bit. show or something. I feel you like, I, yeah, maybe I'll do a solo pod later this week and go over some of these other trades just to kind of share what's in my brain. And people don't want to see what's in my brain. It gets scary at times, but, um, and then, uh, side note, I'll, I'll say this for the final thoughts here. You know what? I'll have a final thought tonight.
2: Final thoughts.
1: Dan, you look just like your little bit moji there. Cowboys hat. So episode 120. Let our listeners know what you're thinking about final thoughts for our listeners.
0: 120, episode 120 rocking two quick thoughts one in the spirit of the scott fishbowl as we're twinning tonight jb uh just charity you'll see some tweets on twitter there uh this weekend june 12th our big back here in northeast pa pancreatic cancer uh purple stride event we are very close to raising seventy thousand dollars i appreciate it. i've seen a few members of our fantasy community that's retweeted donated even five dollars everything goes a long way so just a thank you and appreciate any support
1: T- time and, out that that's for yeah. the Pancreatic Cancer, correct?
0: Yep, Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. You know, lost my dad to pancreatic cancer, and I've just seen so many people impacted by it. So we could be prouder here in our area, and it's nationwide that these purple strides are going on. So great cause. And then my second just quick thought is I appreciate those also that commented and tuned in to Coach's Corner. Uh, I'm going to be dropping, hopefully once a week, some sort of pod. And it's kind of like the Karate Kid. Like, if you like Mr. Miyagi and how you don't quite know what he's teaching, but, like, later on it all comes together, that's going to be my podcast. I think the next one, I've got a few uh, boxes of football cards coming in, a nice uh, box, a uh, $300 box coming in this week that has about eight autographs in there. So I might do an unboxing live and then tie it into fantasy football, and it's going to be just like Mr. Miyagi and the Karate kids. So appreciate the listeners.
1: That's a great analogy because I think age-wise you're right there with this. I, 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 had to. I I'm being a smart aleck. I know, I know. All right, Mitch, final, final thought for our listeners.
2: My only final thought is I kind of need to – I misspoke earlier. I said that in all the leagues I traded my first in, I made the playoffs. That is not true because John and I co-owned some leagues. We traded our first, and we did make the playoffs in two of those, if I remember right. So I just wanted to make sure that I set the record straight that, yeah, it happens to the best of us.
1: So what you're saying is because we co-manage those leagues. That's yeah, not my fault. It's all okay. I okay. <laughs> All right. Although Just we probably very... traded it for like Duke Johnson or something like that. I don't know. Ah, don't mention that name. Don't mention that name. My final thought very quickly, my pin tweet, it has been updated. It is now my updated tiers. And we have had some great conversations around those. And there are times that Somebody might mention something in our Discord. I'm like, yeah, like, you know, you mentioned that. And the way I've been looking at my startups, you're right. I don't have those two guys in the same tiers. So it's kind of like a collective effort at times. But it's just a good way to, you know, to compare positions. And I'm trying to line it up. So this tier of quarterbacks, I have them with this tier of running backs. And it doesn't always go tier ones with each other, tiers twos with each other. And, you know, I I think it's going to be a good way to compare positions and there might be certain players you disagree on and that's perfectly fine. But again, just to get people thinking, Hey, you know what? I I like this tier idea, but I would break it up this way or I would have this player a little bit above, but that's, that's my final thought there. Anything else guys? Uh, John hates Darren Waller. Just saying that is not true. He is my second. Dare you. He is my second most rostered second tier <clears throat> all right anyway we want to thank everybody for tuning in this episode was an absolute blast make sure you follow the show on twitter and instagram at dynasty theory ff and subscribe to the dynasty theory and fantasy football confidential youtube channel for exclusive bonus content including yours truly dan Lamagna, coach's corner at least one episode a week all right everybody we will catch you next week have a good one